So good morning. After this Mass, I jump in my car and head up to North Jersey to my alma mater oratory prep in Summit, preach at the Father and Son breakfast. Believe it or not, it was 44 years ago that I was at the same breakfast with my dad and trying to figure out what high school was all about. Just about all my friends went to the local high school. Well, they had girls there. Um, and my parents and I decided, though, that a Catholic education, that oratory prep, was the right thing for me. It was a decision I've never regretted. High school was a time in my life where I learned that part of growing up meant making more and more decisions that would affect my life. Now, early on, the decisions are early, like what school activities to join and what new friends to make, how to deal with all the new coursework of a prep school. But later on in life, the decisions carry more weight. What college to attend, what job to take, who to marry, when to have kids, where to live. Soon you realize that your life is all about endless decisions. But hopefully decisions that are rooted in a solid foundation that began in your homes and are nurtured here every week. You may have noted that the gospel ended on a wrenching note. Many are invited, but few are chosen. Unfortunately, it's one of those lines in the Bible that's often misread and misunderstood and misused in two main ways. First, it's cited by some who feel it's necessary to exclude certain people from our church. And it's also used as a mantra by those who are convinced that the kingdom of heaven is something to be earned. And only those few who jump through the right hoops will be chosen. But once you take a look at what's really happening in this gospel and the deeper meaning and the true message of Christ, something new comes forth. For this week's gospel is all about the choices we make and the ramifications of those decisions and the imitation that's out there for all of us. See, to fully understand this parable, you have to take a careful look at the context of where and to whom this parable was spoken. See, Jesus is now back in Jerusalem, and he's teaching in the temple. And the chief priests and Pharisees confront the Christ, asking him, who gave you the authority to do this kind of teaching? Instead of a direct answer, Jesus tells them a series of three parables, all focused on choices made. Jesus is attempting to get their attention to think differently, choose differently, and to open their eyes to the teachings of his kingdom. We began this triptych of parables two weeks ago, and each story has built upon the other as Jesus uses words and imagery to jolt these priests and these Pharisees, culminating with the shocking ending of today's gospel. Words of exclusion, that only some are chosen. This concept of God supposedly choosing some and not others was deeply rooted in the beliefs of the Pharisees, and still carried by many today. But the point that Jesus is making in the parable that it's not God who's doing the choosing, it's all of us. See what I mean? Whereas the past two parables were set in the vineyard, this week the setting is a wedding banquet. 
And in first century Jerusalem, it was customary that throwing a wedding, with, you would send out save the date notices, kind of like what we do today. Then as the wedding drew nearer, you would send out another invitation. Some historians even say it was tradition for the person throwing the party as a gift to give wedding clothes to those who are coming. Since the king was hosting the party, you have to assume that the first ones invited, they were the elite of the society. And they had every expectation, obviously, they would be coming to his wedding. Yet no one comes. So the king sends out the servants to remind those who were on the A-list, you got to come to my feast. But they had already decided not to come. Instead, they killed the messenger. And so retribution, the king sends his troops out and burns the cities. But knowing there's still a feast to be had, the king decides the first batch of invitations, they must have gone to the wrong people, those who are unworthy. So he sends his servants out again, this time, invite anyone you can get, the good and the bad alike, people like you and me. And soon the hall is filled with all kinds of people. But one character decides to show up without wearing the wedding clothes he was most likely given. To not accept the gift and wear the clothes was rude and offensive. Thus he didn't pay the slightest respect for the hosts. And in his own way, he decides not to fully accept the invitation that was given to him. But you've got to keep in mind, Jesus is telling the story directly to the religious teachers who were questioning his authority. For they are the ones insisting that they are God's gatekeepers, and they will determine who gets in and who doesn't. They have no interest in listening to Jesus' teachings about love and compassion, much less inclusion. In this parable, they are the ones who are being likened to the king, not God. Jesus is comparing this king, who is driven by anger and vengeance and exclusion, against the teaching of his own peaceable kingdom, which operates entirely on a different foundational principle, one based on mercy. The two are radically different. These last verses of the story, who some feel were added as part of another parable, was Christ's way of saying to the Pharisees that they too have been invited, but they're too arrogant. They're too focused on their position of power. They're too fixated on fostering a culture of separation. So the question is, what are we supposed to walk away with? What's the message in it for all of us? Well, actually, the first answer was given to us in that first reading, where it says, On this mountain the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples a feast of rich food and pure choice wines. On this mountain he will destroy the veil that veils all peoples, the web that's woven over the nations. He will destroy death forever. The Lord God will wipe away the tears from every face. Clearly, the feast is provided to all people. And here at St. Paul's, we do a number of weddings for couples who are outside the parish. One reason is we have a beautiful Gothic church in a long aisle that the brides really like. I think another key reason is because we welcome couples who come to us with a variety of life situations. 
We've welcomed couples who have made all kinds of decisions in their lives, but now they want to come before God and the community and their family and profess their love for each other and for their God, promising to raise their children in the faith. A few years ago, Pope Francis presided over marriage of 20 couples in a historic wedding ceremony in Rome. Notably, notably among the couples married at Mass were some who had children, some who were already cohabitating, some who were previously married. In an act of compassion, Francis married couples whose circumstances reflected the reality of modern sexual and marital habits. This set the tone for subsequent years of work within our church in Rome and how we can better respond to the many challenges of family life with mercy and compassion. And with so many things our Pope has done since his election, it's aimed as an invitation to all people to have Christ as the center of their life. See, that's the core takeaway of today's gospel. The invitation is there for all. The choice is yours is what you want to do with it. You can decide to opt out of the king's wedding and choose to be miserable and selfish, judging others and reject the invitation to the banquet. But despite what you do, God is still throwing the party and we're all invited. The feast will continue with or without you. And I can stand up here and preach to my heart's content about God's love. But it always carries that little footnote that we're the ones who need to respond to that invitation with love and joy and compassion and generosity and pure surrender. Our response matters. Our behavior matters. Our participation matters. Our intentions matter. Our actions matter. The kingdom of God is not something to be earned. Rather, it's here and it's now. It's your call, your choice. You decide.